seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. And welcome to the double nickel episode of the hopeless show hello everybody and hello aaron yo 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 double nickel i love it it's like two football offenses going at the same exact time Ooh, it is cut. It, it is two football offenses it's also another one of my painful childhood sports memories um when the bulls were playing the knicks Michael Jordan had the flu. I'm like, cool, maybe we can finally beat this dude. And the dude just <laughs> comes up and scores 55 points, which Spike Lee dubbed the double nickel. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was... So this was a pretty painful title for this episode now that, you know, now that we kind of break it down. Um, well, why don't, why don't we make it a little less painful by talking about our theme, which I think is really important right now. And so we'll try to bring it to every piece of the show that we have today, which is... Needed information and misinformation. And I just think that that we're living in an era of so much media, so much information, so much what is news, what is real, what is not. And we're going to try to tie that into everything we bring up today. So aren't you curious about that? I am highly curious. I mean, there is, you know, honestly, there's too much information. There's too many shows out there. There's too many quote unquote news sources. There's too many voices on Twitter. There's too many crappy images on Instagram. There's too much of everything. You know, it's 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 good that the entire world gets a voice, but then you really get to understand the entire world can be fairly <laughs> vapid. Yeah, so we don't really want to. We were like, no, we don't no. need that world. No. Uh well, I guess could I could I tie in a bit of that this this information and misinformation into yeah. our news from the quarantine? Yes. News from the quarantine. Cuz you're right. World, do we do we need all that information? We don't. We can just go about our lives and enjoy a little more. That being said, news from the quarantine. Bah, 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 I Went and I drove by a place I'd never seen before during the I was driving up north to see some friends and I saw the intersection of where icon actor uh, legend James Dean died. Do you know anything about this where he died? I don't actually. Well, I'll ask you a couple questions first and then I'll just tell you what this place is because I just found it fascinating and. I think with him and his death, even there's misinformation. People have so many things about who James Dean was, what he did, what his life was, because he's more of this figure and icon than he is even a like an actor anymore. Do you know how many movies he made in total? Okay, I've never seen a James Dean movie. I'll admit, I don't. I think he had like Rebel Without a Cause or something like that. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, and there was the one, I don't know if it's the same movie where like there was some crazy scene on the Griffith Observatory. Don't know if that's, that's Rebel Without it. That's Rebel that Without Rebel. a Cause. Okay. Haven't seen that one, but I know of it. And I know he was like this some super hunky dude with a white shirt and blue jeans and brown boots on a motorcycle with a cigarette <laughs> box rolled up in his sleeve. Like pretty much the epitome of cool Americana. 
that's all I know about him. Um, I don't know if he died like fat Elvis or if he died looking good. I don't know what age. So I don't even, didn't even know where he died. Um, I assumed it would have been like of a heroin overdose, but, um, cause that's <laughs> well, how it, that generation went out. Um, well, I like that. Enlighten just, me. See, there's the misinformation. The there's yeah. min- misinformation. You just or spread news that he died. Yeah. <laughs> lack of information. What is information? So he died at, the cor- at the state route 60 route 46 and state route 41 junction he was in a Porsche and he got hit by a uh i believe a truck and he died and i drove past that intersection where they have a giant uh like statue thing of James Dean and it's that's where he died because he had be- had a career of Three years and three movies. That's it. That's the that's his whole career. But as you oh. said, from your from your massive attraction to him, you said how hunky you think he is. Oh, big he time was, hunk. He was this icon. Uh, but yeah, he was he was unable to stop the car in time, and it slammed into the passenger side of a Ford. That's how he died. And it was wild to see the intersection and just go down a wormhole of, I knew the three movie thing, but go down a wormhole of, of James Dean and just thinking of all the information that's out there, how many people don't even just know his face, but don't even know anything about him. Just, I found that interesting. I mean, I didn't even know. And I, I, it's, it's, I don't even know where route 46 is. So I'm just like a really crappy Californian. And so, yeah, that's that's a little news from the quarantine about James Dean. And then one other thing I just have to tell you before we go to topic one is uh-huh. I saw a pretty wild thing. And everyone shits on L.A. as, you know, liberal L.A. and liberal blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, the people who don't like L- who are on the other side hate on L.A. I saw it even when I was three hours north by the James Dean area that people when you say, oh, you're from L.A., they say. When I say I'm from L.A., they say, oh, you're from L.A.? Oh, that must be miserable. Because they just think that L.A. is uh, full of snowflakes and I don't know what they think. But they they don't like us. And then the last three days driving home at Fairfax and Santa Monica, there have been about 40 people every day with giant signs that have anti-vax, anti-mask rallies going on they're anti-vaccination they're anti-masking they're right in the middle of our snowflake liberal uh la and yesterday this escalated to a fight between a guy who was an anti-vax and anti-masker and i saw it and (laughs) it was a fight between an anti-vax anti-masker and a guy on the street who was like, you you guys are idiots. You should get your vaccination. You shouldn't be doing this. And then the mask, the anti-vax, anti-masker, who was probably in his 50s, kind of looked like you'd expect, just straight up takes off his shirt and starts doing the fist, the two fists up thing, like just ready to brawl. Okay, that's and awesome. Kinda, and he kind of had a gut <laughs> and stuff, but it was like his Rocky moment. But he was like, it's like, Poor, 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 poor man's Rocky. And then the the guy who had his mask on, who was mad at the anti-masker, anti-vaxxer, takes off his shirt. And then they just throw fisticuffs up and start trying to swing, but they're pretty old and not 
not not well coordinated and then it just became a mess that spilled onto the street and then it ended but that's where we're at in uh, in los angeles that's where we're at in west hollywood i love this i honestly think (laughs) we have been at a severe shortage of good old american shirtless fist fights in the streets Like we've spent, we've had a pretty painful couple of last couple of years, you know, what's happening in the world and a good old, just down and dirty skins versus skins brawl. I think it, <laughs> it's, it's, that gives me hope in itself. People settling their differences on the streets, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, versus in court versus with our inept elected officials at all levels and parties. Um, this is, I, this, that is hope to me, Aaron. Um, but if I may just add, with this whole anti-vax, anti-mask thing, I just find it still so funny, man. It's like, okay, the POV of the people that are anti-vax are like, dude, it's unknown what the causes are. And we heard in some really rare cases, people have died or gotten blood clots. However, that's really <laughs> rare. Fine. Let's just say it happens. Let's just say there's actually cases. Fine. I'll admit it's not every drug, you know, people have allergies to drugs, whatever. Let's say that happens. That likelihood of happening is far smaller than the likelihood of dying of coronavirus. So people would rather take their risks with a far more deadly disease and pandemic. And because they're scared of a far less deadly vaccine. That's what I don't understand. And then they turn it into a freedom thing. It's like, no, dude, it's like, you're not screaming about freedom when you get patted down to go to the airport. You're not screaming about freedom when you have to produce a driver's license to buy alcohol like this. I'm sorry. This is not your body, your choice. This is just insanity. Um, and of course, yeah, even with regular vaccines, it doesn't matter. There's any medicine. There's going to be some people, some tiny portion of the world that's going to have some sort of reaction to it. And that's just what it is. But that's not as I think vaccines are the things that are kept us alive as a species yeah like over the past hundred years like god damn it when did they become bad all of a sudden man this is insane i i don't know i want to get into it a little later in the show but the i couldn't agree more and this is where i think we have needed information and then we have way too much misinformation that is just out there and it's causing this and the the last thing that to add to what you said about these people on the streets protesting, like 40 of them organized protest is, man, don't you have anything better to do with your time than to protest a thing you don't have to get, even though you should, a, a vax, and you don't have to wear a mask unless you have to, unless you're in somewhere where they say you have to. They're protesting something that right now cannot affect their lives at all if they don't want it to. Yet they're still protesting it. I will say this. Hey, at least these people, despite me and you both thinking they're wrong, at least they can protest. In a country where you can't protest, that is a country of fascism. (laughs) And it's funny. It's actually fun. I I watched because it's funny to watch. It actually, I, I got humor out of watching them do it. Like these guys are, I took some pictures. Like these guys are just funny. Like they're like, we won't mask, we won't vax, and it kind of rhymes. So I think they feel like they found something clever. No mask, no vax, no mask, no vax. Like that's that's some of their spiel. And it's like, man, this is, they're into it. They're they're really into uh, into this stuff. I hate masks too, but yeah, man. masks suck. We have to wear them. And now it's five days to my trip. 
Um, so yeah, still trying to keep careful with all the mask up, uh, world. And then once I come back from Europe, then hopefully all this shit's lifted and we're good. But anyway, so let's, let's move on move to our topic, right? Yeah, this is, this is a big one. It's something that I've actually alluded to with Dune earlier in, and it was only tied to a, you know, a hope and 60, but this is, I think it's time we actually, um, bring it to the forefront as topic number one. So, uh, someone who I consider to be one of the most beautiful humans to ever step on this planet in terms of celebrity, Scarlett Johansson. Um, she is suing Disney. So a lot of people off the, you know, from the top front, it's like, Oh wow. A millionaire suing a billion dollar corporation. It's kind of great. Funny way you think about it is it takes the millionaires who have the wheel, the, the wherewithal to be able to sue big corporations because we can't. So first of all, respect. Um, second of all, what this is about is uh, upon the release of Black Widow um, in simultaneously both in theatrical release. So in the movie theaters, as well as on Disney plus streaming service, uh, I think like $7 a month or something like that. Um, they both this, the movie Black Widow, big action flick, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I saw it twice. It's really good really enjoyable it's like a good spy action film and it's she's suing disney because she was like you guys kind of breached your contract i was promised a theatrical release and what disney has done is they've completely neutered the theatrical release and this is not unique to disney by the way this is a big industry problem and what so what that means is Sure. It's convenient for us as the viewers to be able to say, Hey, I don't want to go to the theaters. I don't feel comfortable going to the theaters. You know, there's this pandemic also it's cheaper at home. My family of four, and I can just pay $30 to Disney for a one-time fee to view this film on release day when it's in the theaters. Now that in itself, we don't have too much data yet, but we know that box office sales are way, way down. Um, and that's pandemic related, but also because HBO max, Amazon, all these streaming services, Disney Plus are releasing their big films same day as their yeah. um, both theatrical and online. Now, what that means is, so I go back to the Dune example. Dune is, this is a film that's been years in the making, mega huge cast, Dennis Villanueva, a fantastic director. He is like, and him and other directors like, like, um, uh, um, uh, God, Dark Knight, Nolan. Uh, Nolan, Nolan. Yes. Christopher Nolan. These guys are up in arms and I support them. These guys are up in arms because they're saying, guys, we are not, Dune is going to be a three-part story, right? And we're not going to get to tell parts two and three because the studios cannot green light a movie to be made if there's no profits, if there's not enough profits to make the next one. And those profits come from the box office. They're not coming from these, the, these streaming services. And HBO is not even charging to stream. They're just letting you do it for free and skip the movie theater altogether. So what Scarlett Johansson is doing is on behalf, not only of the Black Widow cast and crew, but on behalf, I think of the industry as a whole, the movie industry as well, she's suing Disney and the streaming companies because they are completely fucking up what is what it takes to make movies and make sequels and actually get returns. Where do you think about this, Aaron? Well, I really like your take because my inclination, my first inclination was to think, you know, shut up and take your money. Like she's making so much money from, I think she's making 20 million plus. So she's still making, let's say she'll end up walking home with $30 million from this one film. And I think some of her PR about, like, I think she could use you as the 
spokesperson for her for her uh, lawsuit over her lawyer, which has made it more about what she was supposed to get versus what she should have gotten. I think a much better take for her would have been for her to come out and say, I am standing up against for all the little guys who can't have a voice like I can. If she made it that, if she made that her spiel, she made that her, and it would be a spiel because I think she's half Jewish or full Jewish. So she would make a spiel. Spiel. If, so I can't make a spiel. You can make a spiel. You're okay. You could, cool. You're you're uh you're uh we're related. You, you okay. Cool. Jewish. So I get a spiel pass. Yeah, we're related in in no blood relation. Yeah. So I really <laughs> like what you said because if she was the spokesperson for movie and for creative rights and creative uh, vision. And she was saying that people cannot be cheated out no matter where you stand on the totem pole for their vision, for their creativity, for the big corporation, corporatism, which we hate on this show, can't win. Hmm? That would be great. She's like the Harvey Milk of corporatism. (laughs) (laughs) That That would be like, that would be cool. Not that they're the same issue, not time to get in trouble here. Not that they're the same issue, different issues, different topics. But in theory, like her standing for something like he did, that would be awesome. But she didn't do any of that. She hasn't done any of that yet. So it looks a little pompous and arrogant the way that she's come about it. Uh, Because so she needs you is my where I get hope is she needs your point of view or. Or you have to turn to Dave Batista, who is another Marvel character. He plays uh Drax. What's the character's name? Drax. Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxies and some of the Avengers movies. And, and he's also a star of upcoming uh uh season 2 of the show C on Apple TV starring Jason Momoa. Um and now this is uh he's going to be playing his evil brother um on season two yeah brother versus brother quick little plug but back to you not that there's i was gonna say not that there's any plug in this one and uh (laughs) so so dave batista who is really a good i recommend following on twitter and instagram he's really good at it former wrestler said his response to the article and the whole story was told them they should have made a drax movie but no <laughs> in other words, he wouldn't have done shit. He just would have been like, I have my own movie. Yeah. <laughs> so mean, that I tweet would... alone gave me hope too. Oh, he's great. He's a great dude. And he's actually plays comedies really well. Um, and so it looks like uh, I just look up, it looks like Emma Stone is now reportedly weighing her options to sue Disney um after Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. So that's breaking as of an hour ago. So it looks so like the millionaires already... are going after the billionaires. Yeah, dude, I'm okay with that, man. It's like it's burn down the billion dollar companies. I mean, not all of them because you know some of them pay our bills, but like, um... <laughs> which one would you be talking about, Rob? <laughs> I am not allowed to say. <laughs> but like, that one's actually a trillion dollar company, so just you know. But um, anyway, um. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So now we are on to our sports update. And what more fitting way because of the craziness of the MLB trade deadline than to have Rohit 
be recording this on the road right now because things are moving fast. Big time, big time. You know, I'm on the road ready to, uh, you know, hit the ground running, reporting on some news on the ground from uh, LA Rams training camp. Well, let's talk baseball, man. Lots of moves. This is one of the busiest trade deadlines I can remember. I think ever. I don't know anything where this many giant names moved and two really popular, huge franchises who have won the World Series in the last five years, both dismantled every one of their good players. Yeah. I mean, the Chicago Cubs traded all their four biggest players. Um, yep. Chris Bryant. All of them. Went, yeah. Chris Bryant went to the Giants. Uh, Javi Baez to the Mets. Um, let's see. Uh, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Yankees. And then where did Kimbrell go? Chicago Kimbrel went Sox. to the White Sox. White yeah. Sox. So their, their four biggest players went away, which is for a fan base that huge. And the Cubs are such an iconic thing and they're so popular to have them dismantle their best team in a hundred years and a lot of people are saying too the Rickett family that owns it has given so much money to super PACs for the Republican Party and Donald Trump over the last four or five years that they've spent their money on that instead of the Cubs which is not making Cubs fans terribly happy (laughs) so uh, do with that information as you want as we talk about needed information but as a for if I'm a Cubs fan right now, I'm pretty bummed. But on the bright side, if you're a Cubs fan, which neither of us are, and I actually like that they're going to be miserable for a while. It's more fun when they're the lovable losers. They got a haul of prospects. I mean, they have within a year or two, they'll probably just have another young core of sick players. What's the what's the quote about like better the burden hand than two in the nest or some shit like that or two in the bush? I'll go with yeah, two in the bush. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, better the better the bird in the hand than two in the bush is a. I don't think that's the phrase, but let's go with it. Yeah, and works. right, right now they've got like many hands in the bush, but I don't know if they have a single major leaguer on the team. No, I mean that team is decimated. But man, I, I was, you know, shocked that the Washington Nationals. Won the World Series two years ago. I mean, they were are so popular in D.C. now. And they just destroyed their team. But, but on the bright side, it really helps the Dodgers. So I don't care. It's amazing. We The Dodgers just got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. We have now every single position on our team is an MVP and All-Star. Or All-Star. Yeah. They've either yeah, they, they've either won an MVP recently, or they were an All Star this year. <laughs> and you know, as much as I like, you know, I root with the Dodgers for you. I can understand the Dodgers being the new evil empire. Um, yeah, except except speaking of evil empire, the Yankees went up and loaded up on two stars themselves. They got Gallo and Rizzo, so. It's like there's about half of the teams in in baseball, which is what's making it so exciting this year, I think. Half of the teams are building for the next few years, and half of the teams are just going for it big. And I don't know what's going to happen because I would say the Dodgers, we have our the best team, but who knows? Every, like Every team that was good got better. 
The Mets got better. The Yankees got better. The Red Sox got added players. The Blue Jays did great. They got Berrios. They got Brad Hand. They, uh, and if you're not as into baseball as we are, some of these other players, they're just good players. They're not necessarily stars. They're just good players that, that these teams, the White Sox got better. They got Kimbrel. The Padres, I, they added like a reliever, I think, but they haven't got that much better yet. But it's there's still time. We don't know. They might add, for all we know, they're going to add someone huge today. You have these small market teams like my Baltimore Orioles that I'm literally checked out of baseball for the most part outside of fantasy um, after the first month and then until September, which is when we're getting close to playoff time. And because my team, now that the Yankees loaded up, the Red Sox loaded up, and like even Toronto, we pulled in a couple of deals, like they got a new closer. And I, my team will never, ever be good. And we'll never have the chance to be good, except maybe once a decade, we make a wild card run and then we're out. So it's just, it feels like baseball is now just even more in, imbalanced. And it's just, it's less fun. Okay. I think right now you have, you are, this is, this is a segment, a new segment we're going to call short-sighted Rohit. And, and here's why it's called short-sighted Rohit. The Baltimore Orioles five years ago were in the playoffs. They were also in the playoffs seven years ago. They were also in the playoffs nine years ago. So they've had three playoff runs where they had really good teams in this last decade, which I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that I believe wholeheartedly within the next five years, the Orioles will have a team that makes a playoff run probably sooner. So, that's my that's a segment called short-sighted wrote. The other segment, the other part of it that I'm just going to add to that is half of the teams that are that are making runs right now that are doing all this uh moving and shaking, they're also uh small market teams who have or mid-market teams that are now building. So like the the Padres aren't exactly a large market team. And they're one of the best teams in the game. The Oakland A's, once again, they're making a push. They're a small market team. The Tampa Bay Rays made moves. They're a small market team. Uh, there's a, The Mariners made some moves. They're a small mid-market, small market team. So I'm just saying to say that it's all giant markets like New York. Chicago is a huge market and they just sold. So D.C., huge market, they just sold. So to... To say it's a small market team versus it's just teams doing what's best for them in the given moment, I think is a little not looking past what you're dealing with right now in the present, which is misery. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. Like you mentioned, three Orioles appearances in a decade. That's, I mean, that's good. It's really good. In the 90s, they made it 96 and 97. And then that was the two times they made it that decade. And then in the 2000s, they made it in 2007. So we made it once in that decade. So, like, it's, it's, here's the thing. You're going to have the small market teams like the A's, the Mariners, the Orioles, even the Padres have way fewer runs. Regardless, though, playoff baseball is great. I love the play in games on the wild card. I'm excited to see, you know, a Dodgers versus Mets and LCS. And that's I think right. The, Met, the Mets are going to take out the Dodgers, I think. Oh. I, I hate to say it, but it's, 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 the Mets are going to then, square off against the Chicago White Sox, and then it'll be Mets in five over the White Sox. Ooh, so you're predicting it. You're not even predicting a good World Series. You're predicting a, a Mets blowout. 
Yes, yes, I am. All right, well, you heard it there first. Mets blowout. I believe we made predictions a while ago that I already forget who we predicted. But the uh, I predicted the Dodgers will win the World Series. I think I predicted Dodgers-Jays. So, or Dodgers, I don't remember. But new prediction, you went with the Mets. I am going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I believe the Dodgers will take out, ready for it, the Houston Astros in a rematch. Yep. Dodgers will take out the Astros. That's the prediction. You heard it. You heard it here first. Dodgers, Astros, Dodgers in seven. Dodgers and seven. Oh, good one. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. I would be very excited for that because that gives us the best chance for a brawl in the World Series. Oh, yeah. There will be many brawls. There's a, The series is coming up. Dodgers, the Astros are coming to L.A., and that's going to be really exciting too. And, oh, so to, to add to the misinformation or needed information, there was actually something that happened in baseball yesterday that was fascinating the and I got a little inside scoop on on why this happened the Nationals juked the media and Ken Rosenthal who's one of the big baseball commentators on ESPN they juked him and leaked that the Padres were getting were were gonna get Max Scherzer who's the big pitcher that the Dodgers got they leaked that they were gonna get him Ken Rosenthal tweeted out Padres are uh, about to acquire Max Scherzer, and then, and then that wasn't true. It was just so that they could get a bidding war. So then, like five other teams came in and started submitting offers, and and eventually the Dodgers gave up their two best prospects and got it. So it just it's fascinating what what the media can do and how the media can tr- control everything from from pandemics to huge baseball trades. <laughs> I, I love that, and I appreciate that, and I respect that. Uh, it's good gamesmanship. And actually, so as we move off of this topic, I just want to, you know, uh, I just figured something out in my head. So the Astros have five of the letters. All you're missing is H-L-E to make up the word asshole. And um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's so for all those listeners that aren't aware, uh, the Astros cheated their way to a World Series and a lot of win a few years ago. Uh, and they were busted and their annoying fans still defend them. So we wish nothing but the They're worst the, in terms for that team and their success. We so are maybe, an anti-Astros podcast. So maybe Nate can insert a boo sound clip here as we move on. Boo. 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 <laughs> so speaking of booing, speaking of booing, I was uh, – so the we're going to talk a, a bit about what I'm calling the opinionated variant, the Delta variant of this – of this uh, pandemic. We're not going to get into what we were getting into before, but what I think is fascinating. And actually Tim, our producer of the show told me that uh, just whispered in my ear that mayor de Blasio of New York, who was not very popular, but he did say something that I think is true that all of a sudden everyone thinks they're a doctor in the country and in the world. Everyone thinks they're a doctor. And at what, at what point did everyone in this country become a doctor? Meaning everyone thinks they know everything about what's going on with the, uh, with the health situation and with this variant of, of COVID, which I find to be actually very true. I think he nailed it 
We aren't all doctors. I'm not a doctor. Rohit, I believe you're not, right? Um, no, but many people of my, of many of my people are. So therefore, <laughs> you know. Oh, you are. Well, actually, if, if you want to go people, both our people uh, are, are doctor. I mean, the amount of Jews that are doctors, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, my first gastroenterologist was a guy named Dr. Rabinowitz. Um, that's um, that's a good Jewish. Christian man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I mean, what do Dr. you think? Jacob Rabinowitz. <laughs> Yes, uh, Irish boy. he's uh, gonna be he's gonna be <laughs> saying the saying the next prayer at your local church. So, yes. I mean, with the opinionated variant, with the Delta variant, I just think that everyone has an opinion, and so therefore everyone has like a different relationship to what's going on right now, and we're just in this massively confused state, and it makes me feel hopeless because I just think I I I, I long for the days of polio, Rohit. I long for the days of polio when a a deadly pandemic came out. It's a hot take. A deadly pandemic comes out. There's a few sources of news and we get those sources of news. Everyone takes the vaccine, does what's said in the news, and then we get rid of the the pandemic. So I long for those days, Rohit, even though neither of us were remotely alive. But... Instead, we're in this 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 clusterfuck. So, give me hope on on this Delta variant and what's going on right now with what I see to be a pretty big mess. I think I think I heard something about a Lambda variant. Um, so, Delta is just it's just the beginning of the oh. mutations. Um, what's the next so, variant? Well, I think there's a Lambda variant. Um, mm. I think that might be because after Delta is Epsilon, but Epsilon must have been garbage. Um, but Lambda seems like it's, it's something that could be strong. I don't know. That's just, maybe it's crappy over information on Twitter. Um, there you could be, you might be spreading information right now because you just said the Lambda variant, which, uh, which is a, it's, which is a, uh, a frat in Revenge of the Nerds, the great movie, Revenge of the Nerds, Lambda, 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 Lambda. So you may like by doing that, you almost canceled you because the millions of our listeners are now going to know that Lambda is coming. So no one's going to want to watch Revenge of the Nerds anymore. Everyone in that movie is going to be really sad because okay. all of a sudden their movie isn't. So, well, I if, if it makes you feel any better, I just looked it up, Aaron. This was not misinformation. Apparently, Lambda oh. is the most deadly and dangerous variant of the virus, but it's and it's oh. originating from Peru, um, but it's spread is still uh, not huge yet. So that's only a matter of time. So Rohit, uh, where's the so, hope part? Remember, remember. so just a refresher, hope just real is, quick refre- refresher. We need hope. No, All right, enjoy no. the now. It's only going to go. Yeah. It's well, only going to get good. worse. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm not going to quite hope. I'm not going to quite hope on that. Uh, but I'm glad we have Rohit on the road. He's finding out all the information about football season coming up. We're going to hear more from Rohit about this experience afterwards. And we're going to move on to Hopeless TV. And we have two massive Hopeless TVs before we move to the end of our show. The first one, Rohit, is 
Everybody Doesn't Love Raymond, the famous show starring Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Did you know? Hey. Uh, he's kind of like, uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, he's the Kermit of humans. Yeah. You know, he's also the richer than us of humans. Yeah, he's made he made like a million bucks an episode. So this is what's so shocking is everybody they have they're trying to do an everybody loves Raymond reunion just like they did the friends one and there's nobody who wants to buy it to air it. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find any takers. And that just made me feel sad. I wasn't even a, you know, I didn't watch the show that much. I watched it a few times. But the fact that they couldn't find anyone to do the reunion is just the, and the creator Phil Rosenthal said he has a number of ideas for how to do it, but they can't find a home for the special. And it, it's just, it's hopeless. Now, granted two of their stars are dead. Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle, the parents are both dead. So that's a, a little bit sad for the reunion, but is there any hope in that we, they can't find a, a home for the reunion special for everybody loves Raymond. One of the biggest shows of like our lifetime. Um, no, because here's the thing, man. Not everybody needs a rehash. Not everybody needs a reunion show. I don't think it's hopeless. I think it's hopeful that we're finally able to move on to something instead of making everything a retread. You know, this gives us the opportunity to like give new life and our eyeballs to something that is fresh because not everybody. Amen. I'm, that's yeah. a, that's a great one. That's a, a quick hope gong because that is, that's a hope gong and a half because I couldn't agree more. We want new things. Sorry, Phil Rosenthal and Ray Romano. And speaking of new things, the other biggest thing sweeping the nation, sweeping the nation is unexpectedly the biggest fad, the biggest, the biggest thing in television the last week is Rohit and Ina. They are the new... (laughs) Pop icons with their ring commercial that's airing on the Olympics constantly. They are, I mean, they are, I mean, can we say they are America's family? I think you can, actually. (laughs) Yes. Rohit and Ina and Lego are America's family. And this actually, there is no hopelessness in this. This is full of hope that one half of this podcast and his his crew, his family are sweeping the nation. I mean, you, you really you can't be at home without having them in your home as well. So if you haven't seen, if you look up Ro, the ring new ring commercials, if you're not watching the Olympics, you'll see Rohit and Nina just do their stuff. And Rohit narrates it too. Yeah, but if you watch the Olympics, from what I hear, for more than like an hour or two, you're going to see it. Um, and yeah, thank you, Aaron. It, it, this is a, it's been a fun experience. And Hopefully, I keep checking the subreddit uh, every day called commercials I hate because all they do <laughs> is like, it's like, and there's a lot of posts there, is just make fun of commercials that are TV and make fun of the people on those commercials. Um, it's kind of ruthless, but hilarious. And I never thought that I would be sweating checking it on a regular basis to make sure <laughs> that I'm not one of the hated people <laughs> in this subreddit. <laughs> so, um, yes. And any listeners, please don't post it on there. That would be very kind of you to not do that. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's only a matter of time, but no. you're good for now. Thank God. Thank God. Um, be kind in the comments. 
Yes, be kind in the comments. And so, speaking of kind in the comments, as we as we end our show, uh, we have submissions. <laughs> and can I uh, tell you the submissions that we got this uh, this week? Because they were not kind. Yes, please. Got a few submissions uh, from Mike in New York City. He said, Adam Schiff is not a role model. Now, if you remember, we had a, a, a clip of Adam Schiff and I posted a picture with Adam Schiff because I got to have this breakfast with him, with a group of people in him and Congressman Schiff. And then Jared from Dallas wrote an honor question mark. Dude, get better role models. Let me, can I clear, can I clarify something wrote? Cause these submissions, there were more actually, I got more than just these two. There's yeah. a guy I know I went to college with who went off on me. He went from, sh- from the, from masking to Schiff to Russia to illegal immigrants to COVID. He like covered it all just because of me posting a picture and talking about Schiff on the show. He covered the gamut of all the different topics that they, that they like to cover. So let me just a- answer the role model part, if that's okay. Yes. And an honor, or actually honor. They, they both said the word honor. When, when I said an honor to meet someone, someone who is doing a bunch of work that I think is good work, like uh, making sure that certain crimes don't happen, making sure my district overall is run well, which I think it is uh, in Los Angeles. It's an honor to meet the person. Do I think everything that Adam Schiff does is necessarily perfect or anything? No. Are any of the people that we meet, are they like, is it, I'm saying he's on a pedestal? No, it's just an honor. And then the guy saying that it's he's my role model. I mean, my role models are people in my family and my friends and stuff. Like my, a role model isn't, to me, isn't, I don't have role models that are these types of people that are notables or celebrities and stuff. So I never said that Adam Schiff is my role model. I said it was an honor to meet someone that I respect. And if you yeah. don't respect him, you're allowed not to respect him. And you know what? Even like technically, if you want to get real technical, it can be an honor to meet somebody. It doesn't have to be a good honor. Like for example, if I was to meet Kim Jong-un, it's technically an <laughs> honor to meet him. It doesn't mean it's a good honor. Like, oh man, I'm so excited to hang out with Kim Jong-un. Like I'm not Dennis Rodman. So like, no, it, it, it's yeah. interesting. It would be interesting. Yeah. And it is, and it is technically an honor to be able to meet a, uh, a you know, a foreign leader of a country, him being a despot, you know, irregardless, technically it's an honor. So I don't <laughs> think you were wrong at all. Thank you. Well, people, yeah. some people really took offense to that, which just shows where uh, misinformation comes from to bring it back <laughs> to information because I wasn't saying what they were interpreting me as saying that he's not a role model to me. He is also definitely to me, a good uh, leader. So that's, and I'm allowed to have that opinion while also uh, not thinking of him as a role model. And so I guess, Rohit, should we, we'll end this show. Can I end this show with a story? Yes. I think story is time that okay? is great. It's always time for story time. Story time. All right. Well, let's open the book, sit back, relax, grab your cup of coffee or tea, have some milk and crumpets. And here's a quick story. So Bob Odenkirk, the star of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and uh, the recent uh, theatrical hit, Nobody, had a heart attack on the set of Better Call Saul. And uh, he's uh, 
he's doing okay apparently now, which is the the hopeful filled part. Is he is uh, we always end the show with something hopeful. He is doing all right now, and apparently is is they got him in time, and he's uh, he's gonna be okay. He also was the star of an amazing comedy show back in the day called Mr. Show with David Cross. There was an improv troupe show that that if you haven't seen it, watch it on YouTube. It's so funny. So my story is when I was uh, a youngin, I think I was about 18, my friend and I decided we were going to get tuxes and we were going to sneak into the Vanity Fair party of the Oscars. The big party where everyone goes, top secret, no cameras allowed inside. It's just like a free-for-all party. And we're like, we got to go into it. But we weren't invited or anything like that. So we got tuxes and got badges made. We looked up what the badges were for the people going to the party and we made copies. And then we decided to pretend we were workers at the party first. So we figured out, I did some sleuthing. I knew where it was. It was at the place, uh, I forget what it's called now. It was called Morton's at the time. Um, in Beverly Hills, and I figured out where the back service entrance entrance was, and we walk we we got fake badges made. We walked in. We had overcoats put on above our over our tuxes, and we walked in, showed our badges, and said hi to the the workers there as though we were workers working the party. Then we immediately went to the bathroom, took off the overcoats and had tuxes underneath and were part and took off the badges and we were in the Vanity Fair party and part of the party. We're 18 years old. We're like hanging with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. We were drinking with uh, Julia Roberts, I remember. Holy Uh, crap, dude. It was, I remember Sting, the infamous Sting being there, like watching from the sidelines. The actress, Julia Stiles, we were like grinding her on the dance floor. It was... Uh, it was like, like you know, a teenager's w- amazing, wildest fantasy. It was just so much fun happened during that night. And there was a part with Bob Odenkirk. So to bring it back, because there is a tie-in, there has to always be a tie-in when telling a story. So we then go up to the bar to get another drink, and I start talking to this guy next to me. And he's like, oh, so what do you guys do? You know, what brings you to these parts? <laughs> and I said... Uh, yeah, me and my buddy, we're, we're writers for uh, Conan O'Brien. And I don't know why we said that. I said that, but that's what I decided we were. And he said, that's really weird, man. Because I write for Conan O'Brien and I don't know you. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, we write some of the time, but some of the time we write for SNL. And he's like, that's weird because I write for SNL too, or I used to. I don't know you either. I'm like, oh, well, we, you know, we're just, we're, we write. <laughs> and, and it felt really awkward. And then I looked at him closer and I was like, oh, shit. That's Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I'm talking to Bob Odenkirk right now. And he totally has written for those shows. And he has caught us red handed. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. did he let did he let on that he he uh he was smart to your game i think he was pretty aware um and he was really cool and really nice and i think we kept chatting for a little bit and just went veered off of that subject but oh, bob odenkirk caught us caught me and my buddy mark red-handed in uh in uh that we were not writers for conan because he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's, that's stupid. Well, um, 
but yeah, I like ending on story time. Yeah, that was good. And it's like, you know, and hopeful for uh, a Bob Odenkirk recovery from that heart attack. Yeah, we, we are hopeful that he continues his recovery and we hope you we brought you a, a wild show once again. We've even been on the road. Rohit's going to get intel. It's uh, We'll bring that to you next week. And uh, look, we've covered it all, man. There's there's nothing left to be said. We've uh, we've really covered everything that matters in the world, as we usually do. But this time, I think we really did. We got we got it all. And I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. If you oh, we don't do this enough. If the last piece, this is the most important thing on the show today. If you have not and are listening or enjoy and are enjoying this show, would you mind going and giving us some stars? That's five of them on whatever app you're listening to. Give us five stars or 10 stars or whatever the max stars is. If you don't like this show, you shouldn't have listened to the entire show by now. So you have to at least kind of enjoy it if you're still here with us. So go rate the show. We would really appreciate it. Even leave a funny comment or something that you enjoy about it. Write something because every comment helps. Every star helps. And we don't promote this enough uh, to tell people to do that. So we're doing it now. Yeah, And if you do hate the show and you do give us reviews, Remember, the more stars you give, the more you hate us. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, the more, and then and keep and keep listening, you guys who hate our show so much. <laughs> yes, and downloading because that helps the numbers too. And, and downloading, keep downloading and listening to everyone who hates the show as well, and giving <laughs> yeah. us the most stars because that means you really, you really yeah. hate us. So, so with that, I'm. Uh, Aaron Wolf, the Aaron Wolf on all social. We're the hopeless show on all social media. We're actually building our Facebook out now too, which is exciting. We're uh, we're building that out now, so you can go check out our Facebook page, which is going to have a bit of content on it coming up in the coming weeks. So uh, that and he is, I'm Vohit for Rohit on all channels, but number four. Um, and you can find uh, Aaron and I on, on, like I said, on our handles on social or on TV on the Olympics. Keep an eye out. Um, yeah. <laughs> and until so next, with, yeah. until next time, uh, we will, we will see you and keep hope alive. There is hope in the air. You just might not see it. You might see lots of deltas instead, but keep hope alive. Yeah. Remember deltas are better than lambdas. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Rose.